0: Keep your Bibles open, if you will. We, as we study this passage together, uh, continuing to make our way through the Gospel of Matthew. We're now down to the final two chapters. As Chapter 27, we'll focus on the events and the death, the events surrounding and the death of Christ, and of course, Chapter 28, the events surrounding and the resurrection of Christ. And uh, so, what a privilege it is to study through these wonderful living words together. So, let's uh, pause for a moment as we do and, and ask the Lord to help us this morning. <clears throat> Father, we once again have the uh, joy and the privilege to gather around your precious Word as we look to these events that surround the death of Christ and seeking to understand and seeking to apply to our faith and to our lives. So we are dependent, Father, upon you to speak as you so faithfully do through your word that is alive and active and powerful. And we look to you Father we trust in you to open our eyes to open our hearts to give us understanding to give us faith to fill us with the love of Christ to strip away from us the things that distract us from you that turn our hearts and our minds from you and fill us with the things Father that drive us to your glory that drive us to your presence give us the things that we need, Father, to be the sons and daughters of God that you've called us to be. And if we happen to be gathered here today in in such a marvelous celebration, giving, giving praise for answered prayer, looking to the Word, later coming around the table of the Lord together... There's opportunity after opportunity after opportunity this day to know that you are real, you are alive, Jesus is Savior, and we are sinners in desperate need of salvation and forgiveness. And so if there would be someone gathered with us today without Christ, we ask that you would compellingly, winsomely, truthfully draw them to yourself in wonderful salvation and faith in Christ. Those of us who are in Christ, Lord there there's always a next step, there's always another process, there's always somewhere you are leading us, Father, to become more and more like your son, to be changed and transformed from glory to glory. So we readily, Lord, submit to you today and we hunger and thirst For your righteousness, we seek your kingdom, we ask your will be accomplished today, and we give you the glory for all of it. In Christ's precious name we pray, amen. So we're talking about lessons from the betrayer. We're, We're going to learn some very valuable lessons from Judas from this passage of Scripture if you recall, a few weeks back, we closed out Matthew 26, and we were le- gleaning some lessons from Simon Peter, who denied Christ. Now we're looking at Judas, who betrayed Christ. And when we're, we're talking about Simon Peter, the, the disciple who became the denier, we learned that, you know, it, it all started with taking those little steps, little steps in the wrong direction that, that began to create this distance in 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 Peter's spiritual life between him and Christ and those those negative spiritual trajectories are dangerous and they have dangerous damaging consequences and so the takeaways for us from the, the, the lessons from the denier were, were for us to keep close to Christ. Don't allow those distances to take place. Don't, don't take those small, seemingly innocent or meaningless or harmless. Don't take those small steps away from Christ. But keep close to Christ and, and count the cost of being a disciple. Because being a denier, the cost of being a denier in the end is a far higher price to pay than being a disciple. But today we're observing Judas, the betrayer. Now Peter was a true follower who who simply got on the wrong path and then he had to face the consequences. He He had to live through the consequences of his sin... But through repentance and faith and and grace, the, the, the victory of Simon Peter's life as being a true disciple is that he was eventually restored and reconciled to Christ and served the Lord Jesus Christ in great and powerful ways throughout the rest of the New Testament. But Judas is another story. Judas has another ending that's not the same. He was the wolf dressed as a sheep. He was mingling with the sheep. But as with all false uh, professors and, and disciple pretenders, eventually our true colors will show. And that's what's happening here in the life of Judas. Now, for Simon Peter... It was a slow and and hard painstaking road back from denying Christ but for Judas there was no road back there was no way back because he had never truly been with Jesus to begin with he had never truly been a disciple he had been among the disciples he had been with the disciples He had been with Christ, he had observed Christ, he had walked along beside Christ, but he had never known Christ, embraced Christ. There was no way back. So our text today is is really a a very large, bright, red stop sign. it's, It's... The the life and and death of Judas scream at us to, to stop and consider our ways, consider our life. Look deep into our hearts and see if there be a relationship, a vibrant, living, true relationship with Christ there. The question is not, is there religion there? Judas had some religion. The the question is not, are there religious practices there? Judas had some religious practices. The question is, is there a living, vibrant, life-transforming relationship with God through Christ there in our lives and in our hearts to stop and consider our ways, stop and consider our relationship to God through Christ, and, and stop and consider the outcome of the direction of our lives. And so if need be, by all means, change course. If there's a need to change course and change direction in our lives, then to do so before it is everlasting too late. The first lesson that I want us to see this morning is found in verses 3 and 4. And I'll just uh, simply state it this way. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And what I mean by that is this. If Christ is not the supreme treasure of our life, then whatever is... Because there's something that we value the most. There's something that we prize the most in our hearts. There's there's something that's constantly on the forefront of our mind and in our heart that drives us, that compels us. That we work for, that we dream for, that we think about, that we dream about. Whatever is in first place the supreme treasure of our life that's not Christ is just not worth it. For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver, the price to purchase a slave. That's the value that Judas, in this transaction, placed upon Christ the glorious son of God, the price to purchase a slave. You see, whatever we put in place of Christ in our hearts, whatever sits on the throne of our hearts rather than Christ, not only reveals that that's what we truly worship or who we truly worship, but it also reveals what we think of Christ. It also reveals where we place Christ. Judas worshipped money. Judas worshipped prestige. Judas worshipped having, being, being in a place of power and authority. In, in essence, Judas worshipped Judas. And in so doing, because Judas had someone else or something else in the first and foremost place of his affections in his heart he thought very little therefore of the worth of christ if this meant so much to him if if power and authority and prestige meant so much to him then christ well he 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 meant about a few a pocket full of silver so we ask ourselves this morning what do we treasure most in our hearts and it's not that things that that these things are inherently necessarily wrong or evil or bad in themselves it's that they're out of place they're out of priority They're, they're out of perspective Instead of using these things that God has given us to worship and glorify Him, we begin to worship and glorify these things rather than Christ. God gives us passions. God gives us desires. God gives us ambitions and and dreams and pursuits and passions in order that we might pursue and dream and, and follow those things to the glory and honor of Christ. But oftentimes we turn those things on their end and push Christ to the side and take his value down to a lower place in our affections. And we prize the things that God has given rather than God himself. What's foremost in our hearts? Is it popularity? Is it, is it to be in sync with, with the times, to, to follow the trends? Is it the applause and approval? Is it achievements? Is, is it to be known, to be wealthy, to pursue our own ambitions and pleasures, to live our life as we please, to be successful, to, to live a life of luxury and ease and comfort? Is it a relationship? Is it a spouse? Is it our children, our grandchildren? What is the number one thing we are living for? And we simply can't live without. If it's not Christ, then that's our God rather than Christ. Not that we aren't to love people and love things and and, and, and pursue things to, with 100% of all the potential and energy and grace that God has given us. But to do those things with Christ first and Christ foremost in our affections. But if Christ is not foremost, then what is? Who is? And in order to... Obtain that affection in order to prize in order to treasure that thing or that person or that ambition or or that achievement then we have to sell christ out we have to put christ somewhere else to the side down the ladder of our hearts and that never means that christ we make christ second place christ can never be second place Because if something else is our idol, if if there's something else that we're pursuing with all of our affection besides Christ, then there are many things that we got to do to get there. So those things have to become in front of Christ. We we begin to schedule our lives and, and Christ begins to get pushed down the schedule and out of the schedule. Because these things have to take place in our life in order for this thing that we prize the most to take place... So Christ gets keep pushed back, keeps getting pushed back. That's the danger, that's the spiritual pitfall of what happened in the life of Judas and what can so easily happen in our lives. Now, what was Judas' scheme here? What was his plan? What, what was he after? He was trying to do something. What, what was he doing? Did he think by betraying Christ, he, he was going to kind of put Christ, you know, back him into a corner, put him into a place that Christ would then have to act as Judas was wanting him to. And things would take place as according to Judas's plan. So Christ would have to take over Rome. He, he would have to rule from Jerusalem. He would, he would, Judas is one of the disciples. Judas would be placed in a, in a place of power and wealth and control. Maybe, maybe that's what was in Judas' mind. But as soon as Jesus is condemned, that plan fails. That's not going to happen. And Judas changes his mind. Judas realizes things are not going to unfold according to his scheme according to his plan so now he changes his mind he wants to walk it back he wants to take it back he he doesn't want it to happen as he originally planned that was such a great scheme but it's too late it's too late the deed is done Judas has gone too far. He's loved money for too long. He's taken a step that cannot be retracted. He's crossed a line that cannot be undone. That's the danger of having others and other things foremost in our affections and in our hearts. Judas knows just how evil his... Were his actions, he, he declares that he has betrayed innocent blood. He knows exactly how horrible and evil. And so he knows at this moment, but he knows at this moment it's just not worth it. It just wasn't worth it. I mean, he throws the pieces of silver back. I don't want them anymore. I don't want this anymore. But it's too late. It's too late. He found out too late. It's just not worth it. So this is the lesson for us this morning to to realize any other thing but Christ. It's just not worth it in the end. That's the danger. It will always leave us empty. There will come a day... When we realize just how worthless our substitute is and and how dreadful idolatry is and and how horrible it is to to worship the creation rather than the creator and and to push Christ to the side and and to put all of our agenda and plans ahead of Christ. and One day we'll realize just how horrendous all of this is. The tragedy, though, is that it might be too late. It may be too late when we wake to that realization. That's why we must wake now. We we must pray that God would awaken our hearts now. Awaken the hearts of our loved ones now. Our children, our grandchildren now. That we might see the value and the worth and the treasure of Christ. That he is the only son of God, full of power and glory and grace. The ruler of the nations, the king of glory, the savior of the world. The only means of eternal life. Nothing, nothing can be more vile than to discard him for something else. Because that something else simply won't last. And it simply can't save so whatever stands between whatever stands between us and Christ today is just not worth it. That's the first lesson. Second lesson from the from the betrayer is in verse five a life without Christ will prove to be no life at all. You see what happened here. Judas betrayed Christ for thirty pieces of silver. He he valued a pocket full of silver more valuable than Christ. So he was willing to betray, he was willing to do whatever it takes, he was willing to put Christ anywhere on that scale in in his heart in order to have that bag of silver but in the end the silver was just not enough. He gave up everything for 30 pieces of silver and in the end 30 pieces of silver was just not enough. It couldn't meet his deepest greatest need, it couldn't satisfy, it couldn't make It couldn't fulfill the plans. It couldn't take him where he wanted to be. So in the end, he throws the silver away. Catch that. What he wants valued more than Christ, he values none at all. It means nothing at all. That clanging silver in his pocket could never do for him what only Christ could do for him. That's what we need to awaken to. In that that relationship that we've put ahead of Christ, in that possession or that pursuit that we've put ahead of Christ, may by God's grace we, we awaken to the reality right now, right here, today, that whatever we hold dear in our hearts will eventually disappoint, will eventually leave us empty. Will eventually fail to meet our deepest need. Christ could forgive, silver could not. Christ could could make Judas right with God, silver could not. Christ could carry him to the eternal joys of God's presence, silver could not. Christ could, could give him the significance that he was looking for and trying to. In all of his greed, silver could not. That's the stark lesson from Judas. If we don't have Christ, in the end, we don't have anything. Whatever else we put in front of Christ, possessions, wealth, notoriety, pleasures, sinful desires, and pursuits, whatever it might be. The stark lesson of Judas is that in the end, we realize if we don't have Christ, we don't have anything. And that Christ is not just an add-on. Christ cannot be an add-on. Christ is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So if we don't have Christ, we, we don't have life. And whatever we are living for or whoever we are living for is incapable. They don't have the capacity to give us the life and and satisfaction and fulfillment that our souls crave. Abundant life now and eternal life to come. That's Christ. So Judas... What happens to Judas in deep, dark despair from his life of greed? This is where his ambitions and his greed left him. It left him with nothing, only the desire to do whatever it takes to escape this misery. Every, it, it promised him the world. It promised him everything. And it left him with what he thought was the only solution. Just end it. And be done with it. Tragically, only to awaken to an eternal and eternity of misery. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Death leads to death sin leads to death and death leads to death christ leads to life and life leads to life that's where all other gods we have will eventually leave us empty and eternally lost in misery jesus said it didn't he the thief comes to steal kill and destroy that's all he's about that's his agenda that's his job description That's his only pursuit. That's the only thing he's up to. To steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And have it abundantly. So I would say to to us as believers and and any unbelievers who are here today, don't don't wait another minute. Let's let's not wait another second. Let let go of those idols and and come to Christ. Christ. If it's our lifestyle, let it go. If it's our possessions, let it go. If it's our ideology, let it go. If it's our plans, let it go. If it's a relationship, let it go. It's just not worth it. I know we, we, we listen to the promises that substitutions for Christ make, but they can't deliver those promises. Jesus promises us life and he laid down his life and then took it up again to prove that he can deliver. Christ can deliver on his promise to give us life. He rose again to prove it. So that's the second lesson. The third lesson, third and final lesson from verses six through 10 for us this morning. How will, how will you be remembered? Remembered? judas's legacy will forever be the one who betrayed christ the one who betrayed the son of the living god notice that even the chief priest after they got from judas what they wanted they wanted nothing else to do with him or the silver that's the way the world works that's the way sin works that's the way satan works Once he lures us into his deception and takes from us all that he wants to take from us, then he wants nothing else to do with us. Sin leaves us empty. The world will suck the life out of us and leave us lonely, depressed, empty, simply not caring. That plot of ground became known as the field of blood purchased with betrayers' money. If you know any biblical history at all, you, you already knew this morning. You, you know that Judas is, is the betrayer. And in fact, even today, even the, 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 the remnant of that story remains in our culture. If someone betrays someone, they, they're called a Judas. Now, there's a lot of people in, in our culture today we are so post-Christian now, we, we don't really know the context of that or knows what it means, but we're still called a Judas if we betray someone that's his legacy our question this morning is what is ours how will we be remembered how will our eulogy be read will we will we be spoken of 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 how good we were or how godly we were Will we be talked about as, as how loving we were to our family, to our children, or how we loved our family and loved our children to Christ? Will we be remembered as one who is always ready to, to speak our mind or always ready to speak the gospel? How will we be remembered? What will be our legacy? our achievement, our title, or that in those achievements and in those titles, we gave God glory. We pursued his honor. Taking to heart the lessons of the life of Judas, how will we be remembered? Parents, how will our children Honestly remember us. Not when they're talking to everyone else in the visitation line. Oh yeah, dad and mom, yeah, they were wonderful. No, when they get back home and it's just them, what will they think of us? How will we be remembered? Godly moms and dads... Students, how will you be remembered? How will you be remembered by your classmates? How will you be remembered by your peers? What's the legacy that you're leaving? Does it have anything to do with Christ? Is Christ anywhere on the radar screen? Does anybody ever look at your life or my life and think Christ ever? If not, then how in the world are we convincing ourselves that he's our Lord and Savior? Because evidently something else has taken full priority. Listen to me, church. We don't get do-overs. We don't get do-overs. If you're driving home this afternoon and you you're in a car crash and you stand before the Lord, you don't get a do-over. If Ed Eubanks' testimony would have been that we were preaching his funeral this afternoon, he doesn't get a do-over. If Christ is not our treasure, when we come to the end of this life, we will wish like Judas. We want to throw the silver back. We want to take it back. We want to walk it back. We want to do things different. When we stand before the Lord, we won't get a do over. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. We don't get do overs. But hear me. Here's the gospel we do have the chance to repent. As long as we're alive and breathing, as long as we are here today, as long as there is a day for us. No, we don't get to do over everything, but we do get to repent. By God's grace, we can let go of whatever stands between us and Christ today. We can cling to Christ as our treasure and Savior. We can find life and hope and meaning and salvation in Him today. And we can begin this day for the rest of our lives giving God glory and honor in everything that he gives us and allows us to do. And then we can stand before the Lord full of hope, full of faith, ready for heaven, ready for glory. No regrets. Christ is everything. Those are the lessons from the betrayer. Is Christ truly our all and all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we, we, we bow our hearts before you today and, and we, we look to Christ as, as the Savior of the world. And help us, Father, to do a, a, an honest evaluation in our own hearts. As believers, sometimes we get sidetracked. We get distracted we, we get influenced by people around us and voices around us and things around us. And before you know it, our, our spiritual life begins to wane and begins to grow slack and begins to be numb. And, and we just need to be reawakened. We, we need, Father, we need repentance as we've talked about. We, we need to be realigning our hearts and our passions and our treasures today. But there's a number of us, Father, who've really never known Christ as a treasure. I mean, we've known church, and and we've known steps, and, and, and we've known good things to do, but we've never really known Christ. And today's the day to make him our treasure, our Lord, our Savior, our everything. And so, wherever we stand, Father, in relation to you, would you make it known to our hearts and would you draw us to yourself that we would, that we would surrender to you wherever and however we need this morning? That we might learn today these lessons. Take to heart these lessons from the betrayer. To not wait till it's too late. To not keep putting it off. To look to Christ. And by your grace to treasure him above all. We ask that you would do that work. You can, only you can do that work in our lives and in our hearts today. In Christ's name, amen. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch P67 missions. Again, thank you we listening to Will Owens.